Hm? Ah. Oh. Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Kate. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the hit Netflix show, The Umbrella Academy. This week we are covering season two, episode five, Valhalla. Valhalla. Why do you think it was called Valhalla? Because I'm not sure I understood that. Um, the only thing I can think of is at the very end of the episode when the Swedes have that little like Viking funeral for Damn their it. brother. That's You're like, right. That's the only connection really there, I think. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That makes perfect sense now. And I was thinking that when they did that little ceremony, I was like, oh, that's like a Viking funeral. It didn't mm-hmm. even... My brain is not clicking this week, so (laughs) that makes perfect sense. Well, what did you think of this week's episode in general? Oh, man. I like it. I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken record a little bit because it's like the same (laughs) thing for like these initial thoughts, but but it holds true because I'm like, it was a very good episode. Like, I really loved it. Like, the music was great, the Mm -hmm. sibling interaction, everything was great. And like, the story, we're not hitting, even though we're like halfway now, we're not hitting that like slow dip. Like I think everything is still moving forward at the same pace than it has been. And it just makes me interested in like wanting to see what happens next week. It, they, they just keep the ball rolling really well. Good. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised too. I mean, here we are, we're in episode five, so we're halfway through. We're at the halfway point. There's 10 episodes. So I, I I hate to say anything out loud, like, you know, like you just mentioned. So I'm hoping it it still holds up the rest of the uh, episodes and, you know, carries out into the uh, finale. So, yeah, I was pleased. There was a lot of um, things that really moved the story forward. And I think that's what what we needed. I don't know if we had that so much the last episode. Not that last episode wasn't good, um, but I don't know how, how much really it moved forward. So I think there were some things that really, really moved it forward. Yeah in this one so um well i'm i'm ready to just go ahead and jump into our top five so let's do it kind of chatting about it so <laughs> why don't you start us off with your number five all right my number five is number five and lila <laughs> uh, together kind of their interactions yeah um if they continue to be really good i love you know the first time you see them together in this episode lila mm-hmm. is still totally on it she has Another great nickname for five, which she just calls him, you kinder shit, which <laughs> I, I feel like I should just like write these all down and like tally them up. I'm like, man, they just keep coming. All these names. I for know. Five. I'm just going to file those away for <laughs> some time when I need them because she's got some great lines for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're so good. And then, you know, his, his skepticism is showing again right there at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. And it convinces Diego to not trust her either. And I was wondering, like, would he really just kind of trust Five that much to go with it? And then when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, as annoying and aggravating as Five can sometimes be, he usually always knows exactly what he's talking about. Like, he's never led them astray. And it's a sibling. So, you know, your your loyalties, I know that they're a very dysfunctional family and they all kind of have their own issues with each other. But at the end of the day, that's still, you still kind of usually lean with your family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so I liked how Diego just kind of picked that up and was like, five is really like not trusting you. And I think maybe even seeing the way that Lila reacts to the way that five questions her 
makes Diego go like, I think he's onto something because she's not acting very well when accused of lying about something or hiding something. Yeah, you're right. Because I think, I mean, we saw it in his face in the previous episode when she, when they're fighting the Swedes and she, you know, looks at Diego and Diego needed her help and he, he calls for her to help. And when she turns away from him, you know, grabs his knife and goes to five, you know, he gets this look on his face like, what the hell? And <laughs> then, yeah, then as he's hearing five, you know, kind of, you know, mark off the ways of what makes her s- suspicious to him and why he doesn't trust her. He's, I think then he's really like, yeah, you're right. That makes total sense. And you didn't freaking help me. What the hell? Why did you go help five who you don't really know? Instead of me, who they, you know, have clearly struck up some type of relationship. And, um, you know, she comes off with a flimsy excuse of, well, he's a kid and you're a man. So start acting like one, which I thought was kind of a funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I still think she's, she's like wrong and, you know, was trying to clearly cover it. But I was like, oh, that's a good little comeback there. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's clever. She's, she tried yeah. really well. And, yeah, five, one of the things that he specifically points out as to why he's suspicious of her is because of the way that she fights and that, you know, he calls out that like, you really know how to handle your handle yourself and you know what you're doing. You're fighting really well, which she, you know, retorts was just like, Oh, so I can handle myself. So automatically I'm the bad guy, which is mm-hmm. amazing tie in to then later at the end of the episode when they're fighting Uh huh. and we get the song bad guy, which it's a cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy by one of my favorite bands, The Interrupters. And so that was really, really, really cool, which I'll talk about that a little bit more mm-hmm. later. But uh, but yeah, but he also, it wasn't just her because she was fighting, but it was her style of fighting. We see at the end of the episode after their fight where Five is like, she fights just like all of you commissioned goons. Like I knew exactly who she was from the very beginning, pretty much. Is yeah. he, he picked up on that. That clever, observant, genius little kinder shit. <laughs> <laughs> he is clever and he is funny. I, I do enjoy Aiden Gallagher and his acting in this show. <laughs> he definitely plays that old man in a teenager's body. I like when she tells him, she's like, yeah, and if I hadn't saved you, you'd been uh, nothing left of you but a blazer and socks. Yeah. <laughs> I love that because it cracks me up and I've 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 meant to mention this in some of our other episodes that yeah. you know all the siblings are in their like regular clothes you know yeah. they're in street clothes regular clothes they look normal for the times or whatever or mostly anyway I mean I Klaus is always he's kind of his own character yeah. and kind of <laughs> set apart so he stands out just a little bit, but most everyone is dressed as you would expect someone to dress at that time. So are all trying to blend. And here's five still in his damn uniform, his umbrella academy uniform. And I'm like, why are you still wearing this? You know? Yeah. So it just, I mean, maybe it's just his character and how he, what he wears and he doesn't oh, care yeah. about what he wears because the Tim is insignificant. I don't know, but it, it's just really funny to yeah. me that I get, I get caught up in that same little, like, it's a, like, nothing thought that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things but like i'm i get caught up in that too i'm like he wears that same it's like obviously there's not other like umbrella academy schoolboy uniforms just like hanging around like it's the same one but you never see him like not wearing it or take it off to like wash it or you know launder it or anything like what does he exactly does he just smell real bad is he wearing the same 
outfit exactly forever <laughs> just does it when he time jumps does it just somehow self-clean itself or something <laughs> because you're right everyone else are they're, they're changing their clothes they're wearing different outfits he's just always in that uniform <laughs> and it, it just cracks me up so when she said that it stood out to me uh like i thought it was funny one thing and two i'm like yeah you're right and i'm like he's always wearing that uniform yeah. and i've meant to mention that but um so yeah, that was that was a good fight scene too. Yeah, was, was, really was she was she because during their fight, it seemed like she had did she have some kind of power? Was she time like freezing time or transporting or something? I don't did, know. Did, it kind of seemed like they were hinting at that. Like maybe they want you to think like, oh, she's just real fast and smart and knows where he's going to jump to, but. Still, that's that's really fast because he like instantaneously teleports and she's across yeah. the room. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't either. I thought. I mean, I watched it twice, and and because I it threw me off when when he first sees her and he sees her on the rooftop outside, and so she then she takes off running and then he turns around and all of a sudden she's then down on the street. Yeah you know, running along the sidewalk. And I was like, dang, I know she's good, but can she really <laughs> run the length of that building and then somehow shimmy down the building and then run like that? I mean, that was pretty fast. And then when they were fighting, she was just all over the place. And I thought, I don't know what's happening here. I mean, I get that she's very well trained, but, you know, she is only supposed to be, I think, human and, you know. Yeah. Not, I, I I don't know though. I mean, we speculated the, was it the last episode when, or maybe the one before that when we, you know, we were kind of talking about she was born in 89. Uh, it, could she be one of the 43? Maybe there's um, still a possibility. You know, yeah. So maybe she does have some kind of power. I don't know, but I thought that just, I know she's good. I know she's skilled. She was highly trained and well-trained, but that seems a little above and beyond what yeah. a normal person should be able to do. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if I was the only one that, that kind of picked up on that or not. So I'm glad that you, that you um, agree. Yeah. Yeah. Really good fight. Good fight scene. I love a good fight scene. Great fight scenes with great music accompanying them always. Yeah. And you know, I am not, <laughs> I like a little, I'm, I'm starting to kind of warm up. I'm, look, I'm old, so it takes me a little while to warm up to old music. You know, I'm, I, I love like my classic music and I always have to be kind of in the right mood to, you know, be receptive to new music. And mm -hmm. I have my daughter to thank for kind of introducing me to, you know, to new things. And she loves Billie Eilish yeah. and she's, she's been a little slow to grow on me. I don't, I don't not like it, but I don't know that it's really my thing, mm -hmm. you know, her, her, her style of music. I think she's uber talented. You know, I don't discredit her or anything like that. I just don't know that her particular style is something that I um, personally like. Um, but I think she's really great. I think she's smart. I think she's definitely ahead of her time. But I think I almost liked this cover of her song better than I liked her version of her own song. Yeah, this, this cover is really fun. So, it yeah, was the really band, good. Yeah, the band is The Interrupters. Which, you know, and I have my, the whole music thing jotted down. We can talk about later. Yes. But I got so excited. Like, I had to stop. I, like, paused. It was just like, that's the fucking Interrupters. Like, I knew. It. I was that's, like, I was like, hell. Yeah, because I remember. Them. Yeah, I remember when they put this cover of this song out, like, a year ago on, like, their YouTube and, like, on, on Spotify and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, it's really good. Because I had seen them, like, I guess the year before that. It's like, two years ago, I saw them on their, like, headline tour. 
and like got to meet them and talk to them a little bit after the show oh, and like they're they're so 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 cool and they were supposed to open for weezer and green day and fallout boy this year that got pushed oh, back so up. hopefully yeah. they still get to do that this year but they're really like great people a great band is kind of like a ska punk kind of thing yeah and so yeah i knew immediately who it was what the cover they were doing i was like oh i know this song and i love this band and so That's it was a little so extra cool. extra level of geekiness for me to be like ah the interrupters cover of it <laughs> oh well that's so awesome that you got to meet them so you have yeah. like a little bit of that connection that's that's cool um i'd never heard of them not that they you know i mean I, like i said i i get i get little exposure to new new bands and things i yeah have to be introduced to things and I have to be in the right mindset to accept him. But um, I thought this was really great. I really did love that cover. I, I, when I, when it started to play, I was like, Hey, I think I know that song. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's Billie Eilish, but that is not <laughs> Billie Eilish singing. Um, uh-huh. But I saw it on the closed caption uh, because I do watch um, my second run with closed captions. So I can make sure yeah. I pick up all the, all the words and make sure I'm getting all the dialogue. And uh, they, they typically, almost always when they start playing a song, they'll have the name of the band. Usually yeah. not always uh, the name of the band and um, you know, who's, who's covering it or whatever. So I was like, Oh, I was like, I don't think I recognize them, but that is so cool <laughs> that you, you knew who it was. You've met yeah. them and that must've been a, super they put on a great show. Experience. There's my yeah musical recommendation for the week for anybody is nice. check out the interrupters. They're very, very good. Well, I will now uh, because I really, <laughs> like I said, it's, it's funny that I actually enjoyed the, the, the cover of that song more than I liked Billie Eilish's own version of, of her, her own song. Um, so mm-hmm. interesting. All right. Good number five. Um, anything else you want to add? That's it. Okay. Well, my number five is the family reunion. Right. <laughs> it took five freaking episodes, but we finally got the family together. And this is what I've been waiting for. Um, what this show, at least for me and in my opinion, does best is when these siblings are together and the dynamics that they all bring to the table. Um, I love that they all finally did get together and they all start finally going out to get each other. You know, uh, five goes out to get Vanya because, uh, you know, they're like, well, maybe, you know, maybe you should go get her. You know, I, I'm not going to um, or I'm not going to get Allison. Sorry. Five goes and gets Allison. And um you know, they all start to, to go out and get each other. And I, I love that. Um, and I love when they finally meet. I love when Klaus and Allison, you know, are together. They've been day drinking, which, <laughs> oh, again, uh, Klaus just always, always my favorite and just never, never ceases entertaining me. Yeah. Um, and when he walks in and he's like, I know it's impossible, but did we all get sexier? <laughs> just Perfect. Classic Klaus. Love him. Yeah, classic Klaus. Uh, he, he just never fails to deliver with, with his lines. And I love that Five didn't forget to ask about Ben. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm curious... Why do you think, and, and I mean, I, I don't expect you to have an answer, but I'm just going to, I, I have so many questions when we watch this show that I'm just going to throw them out there, just things for us to think about. Why do you think Klaus said that, you know, he didn't acknowledge that Ben was there and said ghosts can't time travel? What do you think that was about? I have no idea. That's also in my notes is like something that I'm really, really curious about because he's just kind of lying about that. Cause even when he's laying there on the floor, when we first see him in the episode and he's talking to Ben, Ben's laying yeah. next to him. 
and Allison walks in. Oh, who are you talking to? You know, what ghost are you talking to this time? And he goes, oh, some cowboy. Texas is full of them. Like, he's he won't say that it's Ben, which I figure is like, oh, that's weird. There's like a little jab at Ben or what. Mm-hmm. But then later when he says, you know, yeah, ghosts can't time travel. So Ben is gone. Like, why is he holding that secret? I know. And I mean... I know that him and Ben, you know, kind of quibble with each other, which they all do as siblings. They all kind of bicker and stuff. But, and I know he was kind of bickering a little bit with Ben, you know, before as he was going through the things with Dave, but I didn't feel that they were in a bad spot. So I was like, why are you acknowledging Ben? And didn't five see Ben when he first, like in the first episode, he did. And they're fighting and, there's Ben, you know, with his, whatever his power is, this weird monstrous thing yeah. that comes out of him and he's, you know, slinging soldiers around or whatever, you know, I thought he saw him. So did he just, did he forget? Did he, and which I don't that, see five forgetting because no. five is pretty damn sharp. Very, yeah. <laughs> did he just choose to say, okay, just kind like of ignore it at the moment. Yeah. We're going to, we're just going to ignore that. We're going to focus on right now. Um, and maybe, you know, bring it up later. Maybe he'll confront Klaus later. Like, why didn't you tell me Ben's here? I know he's here. I saw him when I did the, my first jump and saw you guys fighting or something. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, you're right. Because he did that in the beginning, too, with, with Allison. Wouldn't acknowledge him to Allison. And so I got kind of bummed about that. You know, it's like, poor Ben at this point. I mean, the actor, and I can't think of his name in the moment, but the actor yeah. got bumped to season regular. But mm-hmm. they're not doing a whole lot with him. He's still... No just kind of floundering a little bit and yeah you know i felt for him a lot this episode because not only is klaus denying him in front of his siblings but then yeah you know that yeah had a really sad moment where like they're all leaving to go get tacos or you know whatever and he's sitting there Mm -hmm. he's and and what was it that he says he says you know i've missed you all so much and but they can't hear him they can't see him and he's just he's finally getting to reunite with everybody but klaus won't give him that because they don't know he's there which seems like a, quite a dick move from Klaus. Which, it is a little bit of a dick move. I'm yeah. a little disappointed in 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 my Klaus, mm-hmm. in my boy Klaus, why he's doing that. I, I and I don't understand it. So I don't know if we'll get a little bit of uh, light to the you know insight to that maybe in a next episode or something um, as to why he did, why he's doing that. Did he, did he not do that? I know you're a little fresher on season one than I am because I didn't go back and rewatch it. Um, did he do that a little bit in season one? I don't. I don't think he really ever talked to anybody else about Ben being there with him. Okay. But I feel like they knew. Okay. But I'm not. I can't. I'm not 100. percent But I would. I would guess so because if they ask, you know, oh, where's Ben after they've time traveled, then they knew, and they saw him in the finale when they were right fighting the commission people that came after them in the theater. Right. Yeah. Cause they all finally somehow got to see him kind of in that moment yeah. when they were all like embracing and, and did the jump. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure. I was like, is that something I didn't remember if that was something that carried over from season one or just trying to kind of make sense of, of why, why he would do that. Yeah, I don't know. So feel kind of bad for Ben and yeah, <laughs> really felt for him in that moment that, you know, he, he doesn't get to communicate with any of them you know Klaus is the only one that can hear him and see him and you know he misses his siblings and you know like I said Klaus isn't allowing him that he can't say oh yeah Ben's here and you know he says he misses you guys or anything like that 
Yeah. Of course, Klaus is not in a great place right now. He's <laughs> kind of drown, yeah. drowning in, in some self-pity there, um, understandably so. But, mm-hmm. you know, he's not in a great place right now. So maybe that's why he's feeling that way. I don't know. But, yeah, really great to see the family together. That's, you know, m- you know, just what really kind of does it for me is seeing them all together. And when they are all together and they're, you know, trying to figure out, you know, well, why are we here? How did we get here? Why the hell did the apocalypse follow us again? What yeah. what what is it that caused it? Is it something that we did? And, you know, they're like, did anybody do anything to mess with the timeline? They're like, no, we didn't do anything. <laughs> and, you know, Luther's like, well, he's you know, he's following around Lee Harvey Oswald. He's like, well, you're working for Jack Ruby. (laughs) And And I I got that entire conversation actually like jotted down in here because I thought it was so perfect how it summed summed everything up. So it starts with Luther saying, you know, Diego's been stalking Lee Harvey Oswald and Diego fires back and you're working for Jack Ruby. Then Klaus picks up with Allison has been very involved in local politics. (laughs) Allison throws back at him with, okay, you started a cult, which Ben says, thank you. And then Vanya, after hearing that all thrown around her, goes, well, I'm I'm just a, a nanny on a farm. I don't have anything to do with all of that. Which Allison says, well, maybe you do. We just don't know it yet. And then Diego sums it all back up after that. Listen to yourselves. Everything in our new lives is connected to Kennedy. That can't be a coincidence. Luther works for Ruby. Allison's protesting the government. Dad's on the grassy knoll. And Klaus is doing something weird and pervy, but probably related. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Klaus. Um, well, yeah, and it's again when he's like, "Oh, what? You guys never tell me anything." You know, I didn't know the we brought the apocalypse back again. He's like, "Oh, is it Vanya?" Yeah. You know, just it's like, usually like, Vanya. It's what's usually Vanya. I feel for her because her look is like she's like, "Man, I really messed up some stuff in the past, and I don't remember." Yeah, so I kind of feel bad for her because she doesn't have a clue and like, she's constantly getting shit on and reminded about this. Like even Diego throws something out right in front of her. It's like, where would you say, or asks her, you know, where would you say you are on a scale of one to ending the all life on this planet? I know. That's so <laughs> funny. I mean, funny from this side of things. Yeah. For Vanya, but she's like, but then she sincerely, she's, she's like, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't remember yeah any of that i'm really sorry if if i hurt you and i really loved that diego was receptive to that she's like i don't know if it helps but i'm really sorry and he's like you know what it does i'm Mm -hmm. just in a really crappy place right now which he acknowledges that he's you know he's just had that run in with lila there at the beginning when they were leaving the party and he's essentially not really believing anything that she's telling him so he's not really himself and he's he knows he has feelings about that and He's not thinking straight. So I was really, really happy to see that. He's like, you know what? Yeah, that does help. You know, and that he was receptive to that because he yeah. was, you know, very much, you know, pushing for Vanya, you know, uh, you know, kind of not really trusting her, not really, you know, kind of thinking she should be kind of taken out a little bit, you know, in, in <laughs> season one with her powers and stuff and not yeah. really trusting all that. So it's really kind of nice to see that he's kind of, I think, grown just a little bit um, with all of that, um, knowing yeah. that she doesn't, re- you know, remember any of that. And she, you know, she doesn't have any malevolence behind her right now. So that was a good moment. So really good. I'm glad that you had that had that dialogue. Um, <laughs> I, I just I love seeing them all together. Love seeing their dynamic. It's fun to see Elliot mixed in all of that. He's got to just be thinking like, what the hell is going on? Elliot, <laughs> you know, Jello. 
Oh my god. What whether he's making tuna molds or ambrosia salad or <laughs> have you had ambrosia? I have. I actually really I mean, like you're, it. You're in the South, so yeah. I know I yeah. know you've had some ambrosia. Oh, yeah, I actually I am quite a big that. fan of it with some marshmallows in there. Yeah. Goodness. I, I don't like it. Really? Um, I, I grew up on it and <laughs> I just I'm not a fan of the uh marshmallow or the coconut uh-huh. in it. Two of my favorite I, things. So. <laughs> well, those marshmallows, they get, I, I like marshmallows. Don't get me wrong, but I, I typically, I don't just, well, no, when I was a kid, I would just eat them straight out of the bag. I mean, who <laughs> didn't do that? You know, but it was more of, you know, roasting them on a campfire. Yeah. You know, we'd go to the river camp on the weekends or something and, and roast them over a fire or have a s'more. Other than that, I'm not really into marshmallows or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So in, you know, in, in the ambrosia salad, it would, they would get so soggy, you know, <laughs> those marshmallows. And maybe that's yeah. fine, but to me, just no. And then that coconut mix in with it, it just, no. Oh gosh. I grew up on it too. Uh, look, I'm not a, 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 you know, a stranger to it by any means. I grew up, you know, with lots it's of a holiday staple. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Every holiday we had ambrosia salad and boy, oh boy, did my grandma and about everyone else pushes mm-hmm. on that here have some ambrosia don't you want some ambrosia <laughs> and i knew what ambrosia was supposed to mean i wasn't a dumb kid i knew this was yeah. supposed to be like the fruit of the gods and i'm yeah. like this is not the fruit of the gods this is some <laughs> slimy gooey gelatinous <laughs> coconut stuff that i don't <laughs> like stop pushing this on me i don't want any i would put like a little spoonful on my plate just to make her happy and yeah. then i would like go off in a corner and then throw it away later <laughs> not eating that um and i've tried it didn't like it but um but yeah but how why did he have to go and describe it like boiling hooves and stuff right not making it sound very appetizing to people now i'm like now i can never have jello again now i can never have jello again and that ruins jello shots Uh. i'm never going to be able to look at a jello shot the same ever again i i guess i've just never understood that that's what gelatin is is that what gelatin is don't tell me as far as i know yeah it's just kind of i don't think they really do it like that anymore it's probably more of a you know fake some kind of something now but yeah originally i think it is it's just kind of the ground up like a powder i don't know how it works i'm no food scientist (laughs) i i I sometimes living in ignorance is better sometimes (laughs) and I wish I could just live in ignorance. Like I always say, I want to be well-informed about what the things I'm consuming. Like I want to know, you know, I don't just blindly eat something. So it's like, here, try this. I'm like, well, what is it? I want to really know what it is before I consume it. Because if it's something that I know I'm not, you know, I'm against or something, I want to know. (laughs) But now I'm like, well, if that's, and, and maybe I'm a ding dong. Maybe just that's common knowledge. Maybe it just wasn't common knowledge for me. Now I'm just never going to be able to eat Jello again. <laughs> Not that I sit around eating Jello, but like I said, Jello shots. Yeah, it's a bummer. Anyway, you know me, I'll put anything. I'll eat anything <laughs> that's edible. I mean, we just talked about last week about you know, class talking the about menudo. menudo, and I'm like, hell yeah, menudo. Which I had some more over this week <laughs> since I was thinking about it after we recorded last week. He's like, I got to go get me some more menudo because there's a little taqueria by my apartment and they only do menudo on like Saturdays and Sundays. It's like their weekend special. And it's so good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I, more power to you. I'm totally, <laughs> I mean, it's whatever people want to have. I'm fine mm-hmm. with. It's just a personal choice of things I choose not to consume. And, um, yeah, I, I, um, 
I don't know. I'm guessing we have to do some more research on gelatin because it's not just jello. There's gelatin in lots of foods. Oh yeah. That, you know, um, so I, I guess I need to research that just a little bit further. But anyway, totally got off on a little bit of a tangent there, but yeah, Elliot <laughs> and his, his jello. I don't know if it's a, a fan. I don't know. Maybe it's just a sixties thing. Jello, I guess maybe it was just a big thing in the sixties, I guess. I mean, I've I seen those old cookbooks where they're putting everything in jello from spaghettios to hot dogs to whatever. Reminds yeah. me of the uh, Christmas vacation movie when um, the, that one old relative shows up um, grace Aunt grace and she has cat food in her jello mode. <laughs> And uh, yeah. cousin Eddie, of course, can't get enough of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, just totally went off on a on a on a left <laughs> turn there on my number five. But basically, just the whole family finally, all of them getting together. You know, like they're all just out here, and I'm just so anxious for them to get together. And when they did, it was to me just gold. Um, yeah. You know, all having them all together, their dynamic, their how they have this love for each other, but yet still kind of how they were kind of bickering each other, pointing fingers like, well, you did this and you did this. And, um, you know, just super fun. And the love, I mean, and when Allison and Vanya saw each oh, other, man. you know, because they were not in such a great place there towards yeah. the end of season one and didn't have great feelings towards each other. And of course, cause Vanya doesn't remember anything, you know, she's just excited to have a sister. Um, so that was really sweet. And then to see Klaus, also embrace them. Um, and then he calls Vanya, Vani, mm-hmm. her nickname. I don't know that I've heard him I don't remember that. hearing that in the first season. Yeah, so I thought that was really sweet. Um, so yeah, some really sweet moments and just fun having them all together. So, so happy. We finally got it. Now we can really, you know, now that we got them all together, we can kind of move forward a little bit because that's what needed to happen right we had to finally get all the all of them together so mm-hmm. made made me happy this was one of my favorite parts and that's why i made it my number five so it's not really you know numerical order it's just uh, that's what made me most excited so that's why it was my number five so nice. anyway what is your number four my number four is another kind of like specific moment or specific scene of the episode <laughs> Which is like the hair salon scene or the barbershop scene with Klaus, Allison, and Vanya. (laughs) So good. Yes, it was just the banter between the three of them and everything. I just, I loved that scene so much. And, you know, they're talking about relationships. Klaus is going on this, you know, kind of rant about, you know, this whole family is so bad with relationships, you know. Yeah. I'm all hung up on this ex slash future gay lover that doesn't know he's gay yet and you know he's just sounds like a train wreck and he's like you know and Vanya's you know trying to to hook up with some farm frau is what he calls her (laughs) it's then you know her name is sissy which is probably the funniest like laugh I had of that whole episode was he goes well it's an improvement on her previous love interest the serial killer which Vanya just has this look on her face. What? Like, what are you talking about? Alice is like, we'll, we'll talk later about that. And then later on, it's Vanya's face is the best in that. Because then later, you know, Klaus mentions, you know, face it, the healthiest long-term relationship in this family was when Five was banging that mannequin. Vanya doesn't say anything, but this like deeply confused and concerned look is on her face. Like, 
what is this family? <laughs> yeah. Like, who, who, what family am I a part of? What the hell? Oh, so good. And then I love it when Klaus says to Allison, because, you know, says, and then Luther's still in love with his sister. And she goes, we're, I've told you so many times, technically, we're not blood related. And he says, if you have to use the word technically, you're already in trouble. Which I was like, immediately, I was like, oh, Rima, I think Klaus is with you on this one. <laughs> Even yes. though on the I other side of the yeah, on the other side of the coin, he's also publicly like wondering how hot five would look when he gets older. So that's also <laughs> kind of weird. So we'll, we'll ignore that part. Of it. <laughs> right. Right. I felt I felt strangely validated in that moment. I'm like, thank you for just kind of addressing that. Um, you know, and it, I thought it was funny. I thought they handled it, you know, pretty well and in in a funny way. And like I said, I I tease, you know, whatever everyone's opinions about it are fine. <laughs> you know, I just know I have mine. It's like I said, I know they're not blood related, and I'm not going to go into it again. I think I've went into it plenty <laughs> of times as we've talked here, but I did laugh quite heartily because I thought, are they? kind of tuning into a little bit to the audience and they're addressing it that way you know because uh -huh. I, I think it was mentioned last season too so i'm like is that their you know like the writer's way of addressing the audience you know who are probably you know have comments about luther and allison's relationship and the fact that you know they're siblings and it's fine i've like i said i've read uh, both sides you know people who don't really think it's a big deal and other people are like well you know, yeah, they're not blood related. However, they were raised to believe they were siblings. You know, it wasn't like they just lived in a group home. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and they call each other brothers. And so I think if you're calling each other brother and sister, that's where it bugs me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. yeah such a great fun. scene. Klaus has another great line in there that I loved where he says, uh, you know, he's like, I'm going to have to go tell my cult, aren't I? <laughs> like he just knows it. He just, he even refers to him as the cult now. <laughs> He goes, I hate group breakups. That's why I had to stop dating twins. And he just left it at that. But I was like, why does that explain so much about Klaus? Explains <laughs> so much. I oh, shouldn't have man. been surprised by that line at all. <laughs> and, then, and then they have that beautiful moment, which is kind of reminiscent of the first episode of the first season where they just... It's like this whole like music dance montage that you get between the three of them. They're all so twisted good. the night away there. And that had to be so much fun. All the little like choreographed dance moves and, you know, sitting under the, the hair things, the hair dryers and yeah. dancing around the, the chairs and stuff. It was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> it was a little, lot of fun to watch. It, it, I think it was kind of reminiscent of last season's uh, little dance party that they all had in the house to yeah. Tiffany. Um, I think we're alone now. Mm -hmm. which is hugely popular. I think they even did that. Um, they did like a little promo for season two uh, with that song where they were nice. all dancing to it. Um, and I, I think I put it out on the page somewhere when they released it, but I thought I'd, that was one of my favorite parts of season one. So when they, they kind of brought that in a promo for season two, um, I was really hoping that they would, you know, kind of do something similar. Um, I would love to see something with all of the siblings, not just those three, but yeah. that's kind of what it was reminiscent of for me. So it was a really great, great scene. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I bet a lot of that, if I had to guess, I don't know, I didn't read anything about it, but if I, I wonder how much of that was kind of just like improvised with them. I mean, I'm sure there was some chore choreography. I said that wrong again. I don't know, I've had too many, too many uh, adult beverages this <laughs> evening. Um, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, how much of that was like improvised and how much it 
of it was, you know, scripted. Yeah. But super fun scene. It was fun. And then it led to kind of not as fun, but, you know, some stuff that I'm waiting to see kind of how it goes is because of their conversation here, then Klaus at the end of the episode does have to go and tell his cult that he's done and maybe that he's lied to them about some stuff. And then Allison decides to just lay everything on Ray, which I'm really interested to see how that goes. Yes. I want to see, I want to see how it goes. I want to see what his reaction is. Will he believe her? You know, I guess you'd have to show him, right? Test it out. That's the only way you can convince someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should be interesting. <laughs> I like it. Good number four. Um, do you have anything else you want to say before That's I go into my number yeah, Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want didn't to <laughs> just jump in. want to make sure good? you said your piece. Um, <laughs> so my number four, I want to talk a little bit about a backstory we got, and that was Pogo's yeah. backstory. He was a space chimp, <laughs> which I'm just going to say, I feel like if you've listened to the podcast often enough, everyone should understand my views about how I feel about animals and um, mistreatment of animals and, um, you know, how that just goes against everything like I believe in. And this is like one of them. I, I, I don't like that whole idea of sending, you know, primates into space to like, you know, before we sent any humans to kind of mm-hmm. see the, its effect on them and what it does to them. And I just think this animal doesn't have any clues to what's happening. And I just disagree with that wholeheartedly. So with that <laughs> being said, that's this is where Pogo comes into the story. Yeah. And he goes into space and he's... I, I don't know if I was clear. I don't understand a whole lot about, I didn't do a lot of reading about it. Um, I mean, I knew it happened because, you know, you grow up in, you know, when, as you're, when you're going through school, you learn, you know, that they, they did these things. Did you know that they did this up to 1996? Wow. Really? I didn't realize they it were was sending, that long. <laughs> yeah. So they were doing this in probably, I think even earlier in um, from the sixties, but from mm-hmm. that time all the way into 1996, they were sending chimps into space wow. and it was Russia, United States and France. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm disgusted, but I'm like, why in 96, we have human people by then who are going into space. Why are we still feeling the need to send animals into space? These animals who have no clue what the hell is going on and you're strapping them into a freaking rocket that can explode. Mm -hmm. You know, I just disagree with, but anyway, um, grace is a NASA scientist holy shit (laughs) yeah and then i was what other like role she played was she like a doctor like medical doctor or veterinarian the only reason i throw out like veterinarian versus medical like human medical doctor which there's not i mean it's the same work that people put into both i'm not meaning to put one above the other but the reason i think that is because i think it was her that ended up causing them to kind of take in pogo and adopt him in a way Right. I think it was definitely because of her that that ended up happening. So maybe she was a veterinarian or she's just a good person. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to get a little bit more about Grace too. I mean, I think we got a, a, a peak um, here. She somehow works for NASA. Like you said, whether it's she's um, a scientist, is she um, a human doctor, a veterinarian? Um, clearly she knows somehow to work with animals because it seems like she's behind this – 
whatever it is that they're having Pogo do, like I said, I don't really understand what it is that they're having him do. Like when, when they're still in like the lab and he's, mm-hmm. you know, they, they hit that, you know, button for the screen light to come on. And when that comes on, that triggers him to start playing. Like it's not necessarily a game. Maybe it is, but you know, they're having him work these, you know, controls or something. And then yeah. they do that same thing when he's in space, you know, he gets like that, green light and he starts you know doing his thing but then something ends up going wrong um and i don't think it's necessarily anything he's doing i think it's just a malfunction of the uh of the the capsule that he's yeah. in because they seem um, to be very on board with what he was doing like it was like yay we did it and then oh right maybe not right <laughs> so yeah I'm, I'm i'm you know i don't know if we'll get more as to what was happening there or if it's just a simple statement of he was a space chimp and they were just conducting these experiments um, to kind of see how it was going. Um, but yeah, then it goes wrong and looks like he died. I mean, mm-hmm. he looked like he was gone completely. And then uh, Hargreaves produces this vile serum. I don't know what it was yeah. and injects it into him. And I'm like, well, what is this? And he, 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 it revives him. He heals instantly. Uh, and it, it kind of reminds you of when he injected Luther yeah. with that simian serum. And that's kind of how Luther, you know, kind of, he, he, he transformed, um, and how he's, you know, kind of got his malformations of, you know, he's got like the chimp looking hands and he's really hairy and, you know, he's kind of misshapen just a little bit, um, what what was it exactly that they injected into Pogo? Could have been some type of human DNA, and is that why huh. he's able to speak? You know, because he could speak. Yeah, in, and in it gives him one. Yeah, it gives him more. That's I think that right there is where the heightened level of intelligence and stuff comes from. Because we see after they take him in, and it's almost like he's their child. Because that's the yeah our 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 weeks. Um, title card catch for Steve. I'll just keep calling it that. Yeah. The, the, the title card was, it was a family picture that Pogo himself had drawn. Yes. Of so. him and Grace and Hargreaves, mm-hmm. which here, and I'm going to talk about this. Uh, this is one of my points later, so I won't go too deep into it, but you know, considering how despicable Hargreaves finds children, he seems to really have an affection towards Pogo. Yeah. He, you know, he's reading to him and we see Pogo curled. Oh, he was so damn cute. All <laughs> curled up in a chair in these cute little pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> and he's reading to him and he's reading Homer. Did you yeah. notice he was reading? I was reading the Odyssey. Yeah. Which we talked about. Five had quoted week. to him. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The opening lines from that is what five quoted him in the end of <gasps> last episode. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was a, a nice little tie in. Um, but yeah, he was so darn cute. And I'm like, well, that's really interesting. He seems to really have this affection, uh, for, for Pogo and, and kind of treating him like they are this little family, you know, him and Grace and, and Pogo. And, but yet he seems to really despise having children. And I, I realized that, that Pogo's not a real human child, but they kind of seem to, you know, treat him like that a little bit, you know, take him in and they're like this little family unit. So mm-hmm. found that to be interesting. So I don't know, that was, I think some interesting insight in, you know, kind of learning a little bit about Pogo, learning a little bit about grace, kind of getting some insight 
as to how her and and Reginald have this relationship because we met her in the previous episode and she says, you know, well, he's my date. And it's like, well, how do they know each other? You know, <laughs> did how did they just happen to run into each other? How did they, you know, get to know each other for them to, you know, be on this date? Is it just like a first date thing or do they know each other? Well, they they know each other. So kind of kind of interesting getting a little peek into into that side of things and wasn't there didn't and again my memory might be failing me a little bit here didn't in season one pogo really kind of have a thing for grace was he kind of in love with her a little bit or Uh, not that i'm remembering okay but i don't know it felt like he he had a special relationship with her yeah definitely a close relationship there and i I guess we find out now he's kind of his or she's kind of She's kind of his mother in a way too, even though the one that was in season one that we see the robot versions, not that grace, but I think right, there's still that connection right. there. Yeah. 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 Cause I know it's not the real grace, but kind of how they re- or how he remembers her. Maybe um, thought maybe he just had a special affection for her. Um, and I guess this is kind of maybe why. Yeah. I think my memory was probably failing me a little bit anyway. But yeah, just interesting backstories. I'm hoping we get a little bit more um, to that because I think that was that was pretty interesting. Anyway, and kind of interested to learn what it was that Reginald injected him with. So yeah. anyway, that's my number four. Cool, cool. Uh, what is your number three? My number three, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Swedes. Okay. In this episode, the crazy cat Swedes. <laughs> they are funny. Just oh, so many cats, and they seem to be taking up ownership of them pretty well. They're like, oh, these are our cats now. Yeah. So I think that's like because they took over that house after they killed that lady that was there, and I guess that that lady was had a billion cats, and they just kind of kept the cats around. We have cats now. But they're I was, not, I was they're not completely heartless killers. They have yeah. an affection towards cats. At least they love the cats. Yeah, but uh, not just them. But it was kind of the handler and Lila and that whole plan that involved them too. Because I was, you know, I've been trying to figure out. I think we were talking about it last week. I was like, what is going on with this? Like, are there is the handler doing her own thing, and the Swedes are supposed to be working for her, but they're not. And so we got clarification this week on that. Mm-hmm. which I like and then it's, for even then I was kind of sucked into the handlers plan a little bit because so I was like it's really hard to believe that Lila would willfully be sending the Swedes after Diego and putting them on a mission because she sent that canister down the fireplace for them mm-hmm. yep and I was like did she just not know it was in the canister and is the handler like using her and you know being sneaky again and lying and you know sending them after Diego to get him out of the way but then whenever the Swedes are walking through the woods and they see the knife sticking in the tree, I was like, oh, I get it now. It yeah. clicked that the handler had Lila swipe one of Diego's knives so that she could set the Swedes up for that trap. And yep. bye-bye creepy milkman Swede. That was... <laughs> yeah, R.A.P. the third Swede mm-hmm. is what I, what I had in my notes. And then there were two. Yep, and they had the... Viking funeral, send him to Valhalla, at least for his foot, if not all of him. Um, they gotta, you gotta take what you can get. Yeah. Yeah. While a Swedish cover of Adele's Hello was playing, which was actually pretty beautiful. It was really beautiful. <laughs> 
Yeah. It's always interesting to hear like a foreign version of uh, a song that you know it by English and, and then hear to or hear it like in a different language. It's it's interesting, but it was very well done. Yeah. But yeah, that's my number three. I didn't have a whole lot to talk about then, but I definitely nice. wanted to, to touch on that a little bit. We got to touch on it. I mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, I I don't know if they were trying to make us feel anything in that moment. I mean, I didn't really feel any kind of emotional connection with the Swedes. I mean, to me, they're kind of cartoonish and, you know, we even, I guess they don't have to have dialogue in order to uh, feel for them or feel a connection with them. I feel like there's lots of characters that probably have very little or almost no dialogue and you have a connection with or feel something for, but these guys, I just don't, I'm like, eh, okay. You know, you guys are just, killers and you know cartoonish to me um so i don't really i didn't really feel anything but um just in that one moment at the at the funeral when the one brother kind of cried out in in pain and anguish i was like oh well okay (laughs) they have emotions (laughs) they do have emotions they did really seem to be quite uh heartbroken that they've lost their brother Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you know, I was like, "Oh well, okay," but it, you know, I was like, "Okay, yeah, the guy's dead. You, that's kind of that's a game you're playing, you know. Yeah. Live, live, live by the sword, die by the sword." So, yeah. anyway, yep, gotta gotta mention that it was definitely in my notes. So glad you brought that up. Cool. Uh, well, my number three, uh, I want to talk a little bit about how Luther found Hargreaves first. Yeah. So you know, they, they did, you know, realize that when Diego and five ran into him at the party, that was not the first time, uh, that they had ran into him. Uh, Luther goes in to tell them about, uh, and well, he's telling the story, but we actually get to see it. We get to see the flashback of when Luther was dropped in after they had all time traveled to the sixties. And we kind of get to see, uh, what happened to him after after that, which didn't seem like he was doing so well, you know, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he landed, he looked homeless and he's he's begging. Um, and one funny thing, we saw this in the premiere uh, when he's <laughs> on the side of the, the on the sidewalk there and he's yelling for Diego, Allison. And that <laughs> guy next to him starts screaming, Allison. Yeah. At the same- it's good to see that again because I love that. <laughs> I love that so much in the in the in the first episode. I didn't mention it, um, but it, it definitely stood out to me. And it, 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 to see it again here, I I laughed again because I thought that was really funny. The look yeah. Luther gives him. Um, so we kind of jump off at that point. He ends up begging for money and to, you know to be able to to pay for a bus pass. And I was like, well, where the hell is he going? And ends up he goes back to their house that, mm-hmm. that they all know and that they grew up in and that you know what we saw uh the house in season one uh so there's a party going on and you know they're he's you know they're all talking about the end of the world um and how you know it, it can be like predicted and um and not quite predicted and you know, basically a lot of things that are kind of over my head, because if you start talking anything quantum physics, I'm just, I've checked out. <laughs> Rima's gone. She's going for a drink is what's happening here. Um, and then Luther confronts him when he sees him. And I, I 
liked how he was just very upfront. He didn't dick around about it or anything. He's like, you know, I'm your son and I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm from the future and you adopted me and all my siblings in, you know, 1989. And he just, Hargreaves is, he's such an asshole. And I just (laughs) don't know that. and, And maybe he won't, maybe he's not meant to be. And maybe I just have to accept that he's just this way and he's never going to be like a redeemable character. I mean, not every character has to be good and honorable and redeemable. So maybe he's just not. Maybe I just I need to start letting that go. But I just I cannot fathom just how much of an asshole this guy is, you know, and maybe he's a great guy and I just don't know it yet. Maybe we're just we haven't seen it yet. You know, with everything that he's trying to do in this majestic 12 or all of these experiments and all these mysterious things that we see him be a part of, but we don't really know a whole lot about or what he's up to. And is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? But he is so terrible to his children oh, man. and he was so terrible to Luther. And I mean, I get it. It sounds kind of crazy, but I mean, we are talking Reginald Hargreaves here who, you know, is an oddball himself and isn't necessarily that he doesn't believe in time travel, but he's like, I would never have kids. Um, And if they would, they wouldn't look anything like you or act like you um, Mm -hmm. because he stinks and he can't dress right. Um, You know, and he he tells him, he he says exactly, now take yourself and the stench of failure that encircles you and get out of my house. Mm. And that look on Luther's face was just heartbreaking because all Luther ever tried to do was live up to what Hargreaves wanted for him and try to do everything that he, you know, wanted him to do, live up to his expectations and be that number one son. Cause he was number one, right? Yeah. Um, He was, he was the daddy's boy of the group and he, at least he wanted to be and he tried and, I mean, he went and lived on the moon, for God's sake, for who knows how long for that guy. Isolated himself on the freaking moon for him. And it still was like never good enough. He was still like always disappointed in him and he never lived up to his expectations. And he kept trying and trying so hard. And here again, he comes to him in this moment of desperation because he's all alone. And he's thinking the one person that can help me and maybe understand a little bit about you know, what's going on in my situation and try to help me or help me get back to where I need to be, you know, turns him away again, you know, telling them that he would never have a son, you know, that, that looks like him and, you know, kind of pokes fun at his misshapen simian, you know, physical features. And I'm like, you're the one that did that to him. (laughs) (laughs) You, you did that to him, you know? Mm -hmm. And I get that he was, I think, trying to save him. I think in that moment, it wasn't like he just did it out of randomness. I mean, I think, um, if I remember correctly, it was because of something that happened to Luther and that was his way of, of like reviving him and stuff. But I'm like, you did that to him. And then you've rejected him again. I'm like, you right now to me, like I said, I don't know if we'll find out something later and maybe we won't, but he is to me just such a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just cannot stand it how he treats his kids. And it's so clear in that moment when he talks about, you know, when he tells him in no uncertain terms that he's, you know, doesn't want to have children, he would never have children. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you can tell how clearly you dislike children by how you treat your children in season one. Yeah. Um, just absolutely despicable. So I found that just really heartbreaking for Luther and I felt really bad and no wonder he had such a chip on his shoulder when we find him in season two and five finds him and he's like, Hey, the world's ending. 
we got to do something about it. And he's like, screw it. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just so, you know, at that time he's lost all of his siblings and yeah, five is back, but it's like, you know, he's again, just been rejected and just doesn't even care. And it, it kind of makes a little bit more sense, you know, in that moment. So oh, Jesus just, ah. Like I said, maybe I'm not supposed to like Hargreaves, but I, they're, they're definitely hitting home on that for me, for sure. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or not, but that's basically my number three. Yeah, well, it kind of rolls into my number two anyway. Sure, go ahead. So so just to kind of add a little bit, like the only thing, you know, there's a line that I really liked, but you, you see that it still, that has played into the depression and stuff that Luther has found himself in. We talked about it a little bit last week about how like every time you see him, he's eating and it it's a play off of that. Right. Tori, even, you know, as he's telling this story, he's eating all of the eggs in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, skillet was like overflowing <laughs> with the egg. Like, just eating all of them. But then he still kind of has, I don't know if it's hope or it's definitely not hope, but whatever it is in him, but he's still kind of quippy to where, you know, he tells a story and they're like, oh, that's rough. But then he tells Diego, he says, at least he didn't shank my ass. To where then Diego says, no, mm-hmm. bro, he shanked your heart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good line. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know. Poor guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only other part of my number two, because then I also touched on uh, the Pogo stuff, which we covered all of that as well, other than this kind of goes into the music part of stuff, but. I do love the opening of the episode where we, the, the music choice there, Major Tom playing with, I just thought that was so well done and well thought out because they had the four, three, two, one timing up perfectly with the the song lyrics and mm-hmm. the newscast counting down the launch yeah. at the same time, those numbers. And then they just, it timed up well, the, the rocket launches and as it's going up into the atmosphere, you hear the earth below us. it was a good song choice very clever timed out perfectly yep and then the line you know we're now in orbit hits as soon as the shuttle stops and starts floating into orbit so very well done they certainly knock it out of the park with their song choices (laughs) and how they incorporate them into the episodes and the different scenes and how they edit them for sure Mm -hmm. yeah Interesting song. I don't think I've heard that song since um, I, I did a rewatch of Breaking Bad recently. Oh, yeah. And and there's, a, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I know <laughs> it's been a while since Breaking Bad has aired, so I don't know the threshold for spoilers and stuff. But there's <laughs> there's definitely a, um, a scene with a character in, in that song. They're singing it like karaoke style. And it's a, kind of a funny scene. It's not meant to be funny, but it's funny. Um in in that show and when i heard that it's all i could think of was <laughs> so anyway yeah they they do a really good job that was really well done yeah glad you brought that up all right yeah. anyway gosh freaking freaking hard griefs um so that was that was your number two yes okay well my number two was let's get tacos Uh, which we've talked a a lot about. It was basically, you know, when Klaus uh, 
and Allison and Vanya are the only ones left because Diego goes after Luther and, you know, five had went out after him, but he gets shoved aside and then he sees Lila goes after her. So it's just them and they're kind of eating that ambrosia and Klaus <laughs> is like, let's get tacos. And I'm just going to say as a side note, again, Klaus and I are one and the same because <laughs> I always want tacos. Tacos are always great. Yes. Tacos are always a good idea and they always make me happy. Uh, I think make lots of people happy. So again, just drunk Klaus and tacos. I Tacos are, speaking of that same taqueria where I get my menudo, I get some great tacos there. I won't I bet, tell you what kind of taco. I won't tell you what I put in and put in them because you yeah, won't like it. But <laughs> Don't tell me that. I'll just, but I bet you get some great tacos just oh, yeah. being in, 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 the, in, in your area. I bet mm-hmm. you get great tacos. We, we, we don't always get the greatest of Mexican food in my area, like the real true Mexican food. Oh yeah. Like we have Mexican restaurants, but to get some genuine Mexican tacos is uh, a rarity. Um, You have to really know the place to go. Um, But I'll, I'll take just about any taco. I'll, (laughs) you know, I'm not too picky. Um, I'm always in for tacos. So again, just really love that when, when Klaus, that really was a laugh out loud moment for me. Cause I was like, Jesus <laughs> is my spirit animal right now. He's totally lit up, wasted and wanting tacos. So, so then I just was um, in my number two kind of, again, talking about that scene in the salon and talking about how, you know, the only, or one thing that the siblings have in common is that they're bad at love. And, <laughs> You touched on that earlier when Vanya was talking about, you know, Sissy and Klaus is bummed. He's going to have to break up with his cult. And then Allison <laughs> to go tell her husband the truth. Um, and then wondering, of course, how well that's going to play out. Yeah. Um, I just, I love that scene and love that they all seem to kind of have a moment together. And I liked when Vanya asked, she's like, how do you guys deal with this? You know, with, you know, so we have superpowers and how do you deal with this end of the world stuff? And Klaus is like, well, I get really high and, <laughs> you know, Vanya lies to her, or sorry, um, Allison lies to herself, which she kicks a card at him for that. That seemed to cut pretty deep right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, truth hurts, yeah. you know, um, because it was true. Um, and then he's like, and he's like, you, you know, bury your emotions very, very, very deep. And, uh, you know, at least until you blow shit up. And she's like, I really like to stop doing that. So I really like that scene, just kind of touching on that part. Um, Cause I, you talked about it earlier and kind of hit some of those points, but kind of going a little bit further um, in, into that was, I thought really kind of nice and nice that they had some bonding time and Vanya's getting to like reconnect and getting to know them again. You know, she had that, um, well, I say that they had a relationship, but it felt like they're in season one, at least until the end, you know, they all kind of drifted, you know, from each other and none of them, you know, some of them kind of stayed in contact with each other, but others, they all just kind of drifted apart and not all of them together ever really kind of knew what the other was up to. They kind of say, well, what's so-and-so been up to? Oh, well, he's been up to this, you know, because they've sporadically stayed in touch or something. So it was kind of nice to see, you know, some of them kind of reconnecting and it's really cute seeing you know, Vanya and Klaus and Allison together and, yeah. you know, they have a cute vibe together, you know, and that little dance scene of course was adorable. So just wanted to kind of touch on, on that, but I think we covered a lot, um, mm-hmm. in my, um, 
earlier whenever you talked about it. So that was essentially my number two. So unless you have anything else that you want to add to that, um, uh, no, I'd love to hear your number one. Good. Yeah. My number awesome. one we've already covered as well, which was the, the Umbrella Academy reunited finally. And we did, we talked a lot about like them meeting up at Elliot's place and all of their conversations. The only note that I had on there that we didn't talk about, and it's just kind of a small one was five in that moment. I thought it was, we're seeing kind of a different side of five that we never saw in season one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't much, but I think this might be the most emotional we've ever seen five because he actually takes the time yeah. to like in front of all of his siblings, apologize for his time travel screw up and how like take ownership of how he has made things worse for everybody, even though he's trying to do the best. And it's not so much, you know, he's, he's good at yelling at people or, you know, barking orders at people telling them, you're going to help. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And at this point he's, he really is more kind of pleading with them asking, you know, can we, can, will you please listen to me and follow me and do this? Because I know I've screwed things up, but I, yeah. I, I, I know what I'm talking about and I need your help. I know. I like that too. I really like that where he was like, you know, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry for this. I know I screwed the pooch on this, you know, time hopping thing. And I was like, dang, mm-hmm. five has come a long way. Yeah. Yeah. He's not just, like you said, barking orders or being super sarcastic, which he still is, yeah. which I love, you know, it was, you know, when Elliot's like, why don't you just, you know, do your thing and, and jump everyone out of here. And he's like, you know, you know, Hey guys, you want to fill him in? And you know, they, they're kind of like, well, you know, first time he did that, he ended up in the apocalypse alone. And then Diego says in the, in the second time he did it, he uh, came back where he didn't have any what hair on his balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, he's, he's still, you know, definitely kind of still himself where he's being, you know, sarcastic and, you know, um, but also has, has shown some growth and a little bit more emotion to him than just being cold, which he kind of came off a little bit in season one. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Um, well, my number one um, was a lot of about the end and what exactly is the handler up to? So when, you know, we talked about the end when five and Lila were fighting and the handler comes out, he knows that she's there. Uh, Cause he, you know, has figured out that Lila has to be working for the commission and that the handler must be involved or at least someone from the commission. I'm guessing he, he knew it was the handler. I guess he didn't specifically say that. He's just like, you, you know, you can come out now, but yeah. he didn't seem to be surprised to see her that it was her and not someone else. Um, so I'm curious what she's up to. Yeah. You know, what, what plan that they have or why they were trying to lure. I mean, we know from the previous episode that she had wanted Lila to protect him and that he, she said that he was worth more to her uh, alive than dead. Yeah. Um, and when she asked, like, cause she, when Lila was like, well, I lost five and she's like, Oh my God, is he dead? You know? Um, <laughs> you know, so she, she clearly doesn't want him dead. She needs him alive for some reason. So yeah. why does she want him alive? Uh, what is she up to? Is she going to try to work something out with him? Like making a deal? Are they going to try to correct what happened? Or maybe she's going to try to help prevent the apocalypse. Does she know about the apocalypse? Um, and can we trust her? Yeah, I don't know. Cause it, it's, so. it's interesting. Cause 
Five is kind of her sworn enemy, and so mm-hmm. to see her invested in him staying alive and needing him for something is interesting. Well, yeah, we don't really know what her aim is, other than she does say to Lila that you know we need to fix something that's been wrong for a long time. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see. They've done a really good job uh, with these episodes, like where this one picked up and the beginning was exactly where the previous episode left off. So that was a really good flow in, in from one to the next. And they've done a pretty good job with that, you know, kind of not leaving you lagging. So I'm really hoping that we kind of pick up uh, in the next episode and kind of figure out, you know, maybe get a few answers, but again, I mean, can we trust her? She, she lied to Lila and, you know, she treats her, uh, you know, like that's her daughter, but mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's lied to her. So if, if Lila can't really feel like she trusts her, you know, can we even, tr- I mean, I don't think I really <laughs> trust her, but I mean, you know, I, I'm just curious as to what she's up to. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting some answers and kind of figuring out what that's all about. So definitely. All right. So what do you have for notes? Um, for my notes, all I have is actually just kind of another point all on its own that I could talk about. So that's perfect. Okay. One of the other like made storylines this episode we didn't talk about, which was Vanya and Sissy. And mm-hmm. I was kind of, you know, they, they, they moved pretty quick. Um, they did. From where we left them last week, which, hey, good for them. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, they're sitting there, they're laying there drinking their coffee and talking and kind of flirting. But then Sissy drops a line that was like, I was like, damn. Um, yeah, and it was like, was we want to talk about it. And she says, talking makes things real and real things end. And I was like, ooh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we see later, you know, they're sitting around eating breakfast and we see that Vanya's powers are still triggered by stress also because she's sitting there and listening to Carl and Sissy fighting-ish. I mean, it's more of she's just not up for his crap right now. Mm-hmm. And then so, he's, you know, between listening to that and then Harlan playing Operation, very bad, but hey, he'll get, he'll get, he'll get better. But the buzzer going Hard off and, yeah. <laughs> and it just for, you know, it, it, she snapped for just a second to where there's like this, you know, clap of thunder and lightning or whatever. And then the window cracks yeah. and then, but then Harlan pulls her back in. He reaches over almost in an understanding way and touches her on the hand and brings her back down, which was really interesting i was wondering is like is there there some sort of connection between the two of them after she saved his life last episode or yeah i'm glad you brought that up um i thought of that too i'm wondering if because we saw that when she revived him um she's kind of breathing into him some sort of energy something passed from her into him and that's what brought him back it seems and revived him so whatever it is that she passed on to him, does that give some kind of connection now that he can kind of sense that coming from her, like that force of energy, her power when she shattered the window? Cause I, I I feel like it's sound waves is what Vanya's power is. She can, you know, through sound waves, it's her power. So I'm guessing whatever energy it is, that's released from her that causes this to happen is probably, you know, he's, he's able to, feel that I guess or something he's able to sense it somehow yeah like and you then said kind of reach out to her yeah whatever she's done for him and to him because he you know based on what we've seen from him in previous episodes he's kind of 
a lot more calm. You would think some of these other things would would trigger an episode in him with mm-hmm. his parents kind of squabbling and you know the window cracking right. suddenly and him screwing up on his game. You know, you think Dead those point. would be a lot of different triggers for for him. Right. And he seems to be very collected and pretty easygoing this episode. So that's maybe true. he's just having a good day. I don't know. You know, it's yeah, he could just be having a good day. But yeah, maybe something, whatever it is that that transfer that happened, uh, you know, affected him mm-hmm. uh, and has had a calming effect on him. Cause you're right. Um, that can be kind of triggering if your, your parents are bickering or arguing or the sound of that game. And you know, that constant, that noise was some of the most, <laughs> irrit- I used to play operation all the time as a kid. And that is an irritating ass noise, you know, yeah. hearing that buzzer constantly go off and I react to it, you know, and I can't imagine how it would be for someone with special needs, you know, how that might trigger them to hear that constantly go off yeah. or something and, and that they're messing up and can't get it right. And that damn buzzing noise keeps going off constantly. Um, he mm-hmm. seems, like you said, very collected and and okay in that moment. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, learn more if, if that's if having an effect do. on him. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Okay, because now that Vanya's kind of left there, I hope to see more of, of the Cooper family a little bit because I'm intrigued by them. Yeah. And then the way that she left, speaking of that with her walking out, was things flipped really quickly. You know, we went from Sissy, like, begging Vanya to stay and then literally the next day, Vanya's begging Sissy to to be with her, and she's just kind of shutting her down. So it was really rough. It's really sad in that moment for Vanya because she knows they have six days, you know, um, or at least what they're believing anyway, like assuming that they're not going to be able to prevent whatever it is that's going to be happening in six days if the apocalypse happens, you know, and she's like, we – have a chance to be happy and we only have this many days for it to, you know, for us to have that happiness. And, you know, so let's go away together, you know, and Sissy who is married and has a child, you know, tells Vanya, you know, that's like just, that was morning talk and that's the lies we tell each other to get through the day. Mm-hmm. And Vanya is so heartbroken by that. And, I see both sides of that. I understand Vanya so much in that moment because it's like you, when you realize how happy that you can be in that moment with someone and um, that you have such a short life, you know, that it's easy to say, well, let's take this moment and let's be happy because we can. And they could, they really could. But Sissy doesn't see that. It's like she knows that her life isn't perfect, but she doesn't want to rock the boat mm-hmm. um, and isn't willing to take the risk. Um, you know, when she tells her, she's like, you don't understand the pressures that I'm under. And she's like, you know, you don't always get to be happy. Or, you know, she's like, well, who gets to be happy all the time? And you don't get to live out your fantasies. And I, I see that because I lived it, but I truly believe in what Vanya's saying. I, I yeah. feel like if you could really see the other side that sometimes you have to reach out and you have to take that risk and you, it, I'm not saying it's easy to just like break up a family or anything like that. Yeah. It's okay to like, you know, I, I get it. I get it. I do. Um, but again, 
if, if you're if you're that unhappy and you have a chance to be truly happy with someone, and I get that her thing with Vanya is new, you know, um, yeah. they've just discovered each other. I mean, I know that they've been around each other and they've had, you know, this this friendship that ended up into you know turning into something else and into more of a romantic, you know, relationship, and it's pretty new uh, to you know risk throwing away your life and everything that you know for that. But again, life is so short. And if you have the chance to be truly, truly happy, then I think sometimes you have to at least consider it. Yeah. Whereas Sissy's definitely not Mm -hmm. considering it at all. So I I really felt for Vanya in that moment. Some people just can't quite see that, you know, at the time. And they think, well, it's not perfect, but it's stable and this is, is it, it's fine, but it's like, no, it's not fine. Is that what you want to settle for is fine, you know, or <laughs> you want to settle for stable when you can be blissfully happy with someone. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's harder for Vanya, like you mentioned, because of her knowing everything that Five has told her where there's a lot more sense of urgency. So her perspective is a lot more, is a lot different than what Sissy's is too. Yeah, it is. But whether it's six days or 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, life is so short and you only get one life. So anyway, yeah. I really felt for Vanya in that moment. So anyway, um, do you have more notes? Do you have um, music? Just the, yeah. the music section if I want to do that one. But then as far as notes go, that's that's it. Okay. We can do note the music, or if you want to do your notes first, either way. Sure. Well, I the only other notes that I have that we haven't already talked about are just a few Easter eggs. Cool, cool. So I can talk about my Easter eggs, and then if you want to talk about your music. Sounds great. Awesome. So just a few that I have, um, and, and they're calling them Easter eggs. Some of them are maybe not what I would always consider Easter eggs, but that's what they're calling them. So, um, so mm-hmm. I just have them under that category. Um, the first one that I have uh, is Luther's best trip to talk or to see his father in the sixties. So there was a map uh, that displayed Luther's trip, which yeah. offered an interesting clue as to the whereabouts of the umbrella Academy. So for the folks that don't know, the Umbrella Academy is filmed in Toronto, but it's never mentioned what city Toronto is standing for in the show. In mm-hmm. the comics, it's always uh, only known as the city. Uh, here, huh. Luther's bus ride seems to end around Indianapolis, of all places. Yeah, so, it's, <laughs> so the Umbrella Academy is in the Midwest, and for that, I'll say I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I don't know, kind of interesting to see that little bus trip and that's kind of where he ended up. Um, I wouldn't have thought that at all. No, Um, I kind of pictured like New York. Yeah, me too. I just kind of assumed, I guess, New York, but, um, according to, um, that map, if, if we're, if that's leading us, you know, as to be true, that's not where he was. Um, a, f- a funny little side note about ambrosia. They had this listed as well. Ambrosia was a gelatinous fruit salad popular in the sixties. Um, <laughs> this particular writer, this is not coming from me, even though I express the same opinion. This writer said it was and is an affront to humanity. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Not a fan, dude. Um, 
you covered already the breakdown of many ways that the the siblings could have destroyed the timeline, um, mm-hmm. which was really amusing. Diego's been stalking Lee Harvey Oswald. You've been working for Jack Ruby. Allison's been very involved in local politics. Um, okay, well, you started a cult. Uh, and Bonnie says, I'm just a nanny on a farm. I don't have anything to do with all of that. Um, was was really funny. Yeah. Um, and then you mentioned the line when Klaus says, you know, the only healthy relationship in this family is when five was banging that mannequin, which of course <laughs> is a reference to five's mannequin lover, Dolores. Mm-hmm. I'm alone in the post-apocalypse future. So nice little callback there. Dolores, so, always in our hearts. Dolores. <laughs> I, that was, damn it. It was so odd. I remember when uh-huh. we were like, running with, uh, you know, uh, and talking to and lovingly embracing a mannequin. But I tell you what, that episode that we got in season one was so touching, you know. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm sitting here falling for a freaking love story between five and this freaking mannequin. But yeah. I don't remember it. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what? Love is love. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with it. So. Yeah. Anyway, five was happy. I assume Dolores was happy. (laughs) I'm assuming Dolores was consenting Mm -hmm. and that she was also happy. And if she, if (laughs) both consenting and happy, then I am happy for them. So I'll leave it at that. (laughs) So Uh, so that's all that I have for my Easter eggs. Um, Let's hear some more about the music this episode. All right. Songs used in this episode. Again, thanks to Tune Find. They're always great. Yeah. And now, listeners, if you got a playlist you want to add anything to, here you go. So, of course, we get Peter Schilling's Major Tom coming home at the beginning of the episode, which is Pogo mm-hmm. kind of growing up and going up in the rocket. We have the song Love in the City by John Stokes while Vanya and Sissy are in bed with their coffee in the morning. We have Four Holidays is the artist song He Can't Love You which is when Luther shows up at Reginald's house during a party or at the original, the Umbrella Academy house, which is quite a dig at Luther with that song title. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have the song Hey Da Da by Andrea Litke and Irvin Litke, I guess is how you'd pronounce that. Then uh, Luther and Diego receive the invitation from Hargreaves and then the oh. scene kind of switches to the hair salon. Uh, Sam Cook's Twisting the Night Away during the awesome choreographed dance scene between yeah. Alice and Klaus and Vanya. Fun song. Then one I already geeked out about earlier, the Interrupters cover of Bad Guy while Lila and Five are fighting. And finally, I don't know how to pronounce this exactly because it is Swedish, but I think Mie yes. Kolsvik, my Kolsvik, something like that, is their, their, her, I don't know. It's a group name, a person, don't know. Cover of Hello, which is when the Swedes are holding the funeral and then Allison and Klaus are making their confessions to the cult and to Ray. And that's it for that episode. That's awesome. <laughs> I always appreciate your music coverage because uh, it's always difficult sometimes to kind of get the song information and they, they play some good ones. So uh-huh. I'm sure everyone out there has a, a great Umbrella Academy playlist going um, and are constantly adding to it thanks to your input. Right. So that's awesome. Thanks. So. Always, always glad to be helpful with music if I can be. <laughs> Heck yeah, you know, uh, you're my go-to. <laughs> you are my go-to. Got You got to keep me young, keep me fresh in what's happening today because I, I get stuck. My The stuff I listen to now um, that was cool back in the day is now considered classical, classic, and 
makes me feel really old. So I'm like, damn, I got to get, I mean, I still love my music, but I'm like, I need to like branch out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So yeah, I count on you for that. Um, I'm gonna have to listen to some, find some stuff from the interrupters um, cover. So I'll have to look them up and see what else they have out there. They start with, I think, uh, what is it? Uh, Title Holder, I think, is a song. It's off their newest album. It's like one of my favorites. It's a really okay. good one. Well, I'll look them up on Spotify later. <laughs> um, yeah. And you mentioned, as you were talking about the songs, and in that scene, um, you know, we didn't talk any about Reginald inviting them to dinner. Yeah. Which I'm guessing we're probably going to get next episode, if I have to guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's going to be interesting. I guess he's, uh, you know, based on what five said to him you know he's i guess intrigued enough to i guess hear them out yeah that'd be interesting so yeah should be interesting to get some information on that um well that was a great great top five great notes um i love all of that so i think this will then take us into one of my favorite parts of the podcast and that is our listener feedback portion Um, I always love hearing from you guys. So if you want to take that first one for me. All right. Dawn Elizabeth says, I like that they have all gotten together finally, but why is Klaus, who I love, hiding the fact that Ben is still with him? That seems so cool. What is the deal with the Swedes and cats? Did I miss something? All right. I'll break in here for a second and say other than, you know, I mentioned earlier, I pick up, I think they were just already there at the house when Mm -hmm. they killed the lady and took the house over. So that's... I guess like the cats. That's my take on that. All right. (laughs) She goes on to say, and what about the creepy driver who gave Diego and Luther the invitation? Yikes. I wouldn't want him following me. And once again, the actor who plays five is so awesome. Looking forward to hearing what you and Pake have to say about this one. Well, I am Pake. So read my Pake. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Don. Yeah, that driver, uh, he was a creepy fellow. And it was funny the look that Luther and Diego gave him kind of like, you know, okay, was a little standoffish, (laughs) like, okay, do we want to take what this guy's handing us? Um, yeah, he'd give me the heebie-jeebies if he was following me in a long black car, too. <laughs> kind of reminded me of the old Six Flags old man from those old commercials back in the day. Oh, gosh. A little I bit. Don't know if I've seen those, but now I'm going to have know. to look him up on YouTube or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, Don. Thank you so much for writing in. Um, next one we have is from our good friend Doug Fick. He says, another short origin story, this time a twofer. Grace and Pogo. Hopefully we're done with these. So Grace was a real person after all and a scientist. One of the 12 perhaps. And before we go any further, if that monkey would have fucking died, I would have to order a new TV because a projectile would have been thrown through it. Talk about a reason to riot. But alas, all was well. Number five and Diego now are seeing through Lila. I hope she turns to the light side of the force eventually. Yeah, me too. Mm Mm-hmm. He goes on, poor Vanya, you think that uh, all is going in the right direction for her and Harlan Sr. shows up. If you notice when Vanya and Sissy's hands were mingling, Sissy's wedding ring was prominently shown. I wonder what act Sissy is putting on for Vanya or Harlan. Luther is clearly eating his feelings. (laughs) Yes, he is. (laughs) First Allison and now Hargreaves. He has a constant kick me facial expression. Yeah, he does. You're right. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Uh, 
I hadn't quite thought of that, but yeah, you're right, Doug. Um, he goes on, Groovy 60s party, though. I was looking to see if Austin Powers was going to make an appearance, baby. <laughs> <laughs> As Luther enters the party, the song He Cannot Love You is playing. Oh. He got I it, too. It. <laughs> Very apropos. Yeah. Uh, he goes on, the handler appears quite good with the glue gun. And finally, the reunion we have all been waiting for. But why did Klaus say Ben was not there? I think we're all really confused. Yeah. Now, right? <laughs> we're all definitely questioning that. And we're all kind of confused and maybe not understanding. Maybe we'll get some more insight into that. But yeah, poor Ben being kicked in the dirt. Um, mm-hmm. It just kind of sucks. Um, and he goes on, enjoyed the beauty shop scene. A lot of honesty there, and everyone now has to face the music that they created. I have a feeling that number five and the handler have to join forces to stop whatever is to happen. And finally, a Viking funeral for a foot. Hilarious. <laughs> is it me, or do the Swedes seem like characters that would be in a Coen Brothers film? Absolutely. That is a great question. <laughs> As I read that, I'm like, they would be a perfect Coen Brothers movie. Right, Doug. Good connection there. Um, he goes on a bit of a filler episode, but all in all solid until next week. Let's all do some day drinking. If we get the chance, mm-hmm. Doug, you know me well, I'm on it, brother. You got some catching up to do. Um, that was really great feedback. I, yeah. We're all definitely kind of having the same thoughts and same questions for sure. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some answers. Oh, I'd like them. <laughs> And Laura Willie Swink says, I know this is impossible, but did we all get sexier? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, that major Tom cold open was amazing. In fact, this episode was busting with amazing music. And yay, the gang's all here. But man, I felt so bad for Clint. Er, Clint, <laughs> sorry. I felt so bad for Ben. I was mixing the next letter. <laughs> Who the hell is Clint? Why don't you tell me about him? No. <laughs> He's another anyway. brother. <laughs> we all know Clint. Remember? <laughs> Compose myself. Okay. So, man. So, yeah, I felt so bad for Ben. Klaus is being kind of a prick to him. Also, I want Lila's Doc Martens. Yeah, those bright red shoes. Bright red Doc Martens. You and me both. Those are badass. They're really killing it with the wardrobe. Yeah. Uh, the handler, not one of my favorite characters by any means. Uh, I love Kate Walsh uh, because I'm a huge Grey's Anatomy fan. And if you've ever seen Grey's Anatomy, she was a huge part of that show for a really long time. Uh, but not a really huge fan of her character on this show. But man, her wardrobe just kills it. I think all the characters, I really love the wardrobe for all of them. That's something, you know, we talk about the music a lot, but we haven't really talked any about the clothes and the wardrobe and how mm-hmm. the character, you know, how they're dressing them this season. They're in the sixties or in different time period and how, what they're wearing in that time period kind of reflects kind of that character a little bit. So I think they're really killing it, um, you know, with, with some of the wardrobe and, you know, I know Allison, you know, her clothes are so fantastic. She, the actress just wears those clothes so well. They just look perfect on her. Um, I love those outfits that she has. And the handler's outfits are just amazing and outrageous. Her shoes are amazing. Lila's um, outfit this uh, episode after she got out of her dress in her black clothes and those Doc Martens was just, I would totally wear that. Um, So, yeah, I'm I'm with you, Lara. I don't want to know how much they cost, but would love to have a pair. So thanks, guys, for writing 
so much. I, I love hearing from you guys. Got some really great feedback. Well, yeah. Peg, this week we have three calls. Oh man, we got three voice awesome. messages. I'm I'm so excited. I asked uh, one of our other last episodes for some more voice messages because I love hearing um, everyone's amazing voices. And of course, if you have an accent, you're kind of required. <laughs> send one in. Um, but yeah, so we got some great. Um, voice messages this week. The first one that we have is from our good friend, uh, Daphne. Hi, Rima. Hi, Paik. This is Daphne just sending in my thoughts for Umbrella Academy, Episode 5, Valhalla. There was so much about this episode that I really enjoyed, and there's a lot to unpack, so I look forward to hearing what you guys thought. I was glad that we finally got to see some of Pogo's backstory, which also showed us how Hargreaves won over Grace's heart, by saving Pogo's life. Lila and Diego continue to be a part of the show that I really love. I love their dynamic together. I loved when she said to him to act like a man when he was questioning why she helped Five and not him. Five still has no love for her even after she saved his ass. (laughs) And can we talk about how awesome the fight scene was between Lila and Five? The filming was super clever and I love that it was set to that cover of Billie Eilish's Bad Guy. I think the band's name was The Interrupters. Luther's visit to see Hargreaves further confirmed that Hargreaves did not like kids. So it makes me wonder what the heck changed. Did he start the school because he changed his mind about kids? I don't think so. I think he saw an opportunity and that's why he did it. But that's a question that maybe will get answered at some point. Seeing Klaus reconnect with his flock was hilarious. I don't think he loves that environment, but he does play the role so well because I think it's just so over the top. And the trio of Vanya, Klaus, and Allison bonding by Twisting the Night Away was a lot of fun. The dance sequences on the show continue to be something that I really enjoy. Looking forward to episode six. Thanks, guys. Sweet. Nice. Thanks, Daphne. Thanks, Daphne. Great insight. Um, And always a pleasure to hear from Daphne. Okay. The next voice message we have is from Emily. Hi, Rima and Pike. Uh, My name is Emily. I've been listening since you first originally started covering Stranger Things, um, but I haven't written to you in a while. Um, I've been listening on and off over the years and you've covered shows that I like, such as Haunting of Hill House and You, um, and I was so excited for you to cover this season of Umbrella Academy. I'm not sure when it was announced that Sean wouldn't be on this season, but I must have missed it, um, and you can only imagine my shock when I turned on episode one and didn't hear his classic, and I'm Sean, um, but Pike has been doing a great job so far, so thanks for that. Um, I obviously binged this season in one day because I have no self-control. I didn't Google anything about the cast until after I was finished because spoilers, but I've been, I've watched a few YouTube videos since then and I'm so in love with this cast. Um, Aiden or number five truly acts like a middle-aged man in a child's body. He's only 16 in real life, apparently. Um, and Also, he apparently has to leave the studio and be replaced with a stunt double whenever guns are being fired because of laws about minors and guns. So I thought that was really funny. Also, 
Klaus and Luther both have accents in real life, so it's pretty cool that they've been able to pull off these roles with convincing American accents. Um, I learned in the interviews that the first season that was filmed, the, the first scene that was filmed this season with the whole cast of siblings together uh, was the scene where they actually all come together in Elliot's apartment. And I thought that was really cool because it kind of paralleled their real life experience of not acting together for a while and then all coming together again. Um, and also I laughed my ass off when Klaus told everyone that Ben wasn't there because he was annoyed at him. Um, and then after that scene, it was really nice to see Klaus, Allison, and Vanya getting drunk and like bonding in the salon. Um, apparently, they were originally supposed to do like a choreographed dance, but it ended up just like letting loose and them being silly together. And I thought it turned out really well. Um, and I'm also glad that they called Allison out on her weird love interest in Luther because it is weird. Um, and I'm sure that Pike touched on it, but I loved the cover of Bad Guy during the fight scene. I thought it was really fun. Um, the action shots in this show are so cool, and the music has been amazing. They talk about that a lot in interviews, um, but I'll save that for another time when I write in. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of your thoughts. Thanks for the awesome coverage. Thanks for the awesome feedback, Emily. That was great. Thanks, Emily. It's so good to yeah. hear from you again. I know it's been a little while, so thanks so much for writing back in. Um, I, I think she did all of my news for me. She had some great <laughs> Great little news items there and some yeah. fun facts uh, having to do with filming, which I always find really interesting. Um, I did not know that there, which again, I haven't read a whole lot either because like she said, spoilers, you know, you want yeah. to wait until after it's over um, because they, when they release news, they pretty much talk about the whole, they don't just talk about one episode, they talk about the entire season. So that's why I typically avoid the news. So yeah, she's, she's, on the same wavelength as I am as far as avoiding news until after you finish the series. So I did not know that the first scene that they filmed together was um, in this episode when they um, finally all came together. So that was, I think, really interesting and fun, you know, that they all came together to do that. So um, thank you, Emily, for being a longtime listener. Um, I'm glad that you are enjoying our coverage so far. And yeah, Pig's doing a great job. Yeah, hope to hope to hear from you again. And again, yeah. it is pay, is Pake with an A, but that's okay because you had some really nice things to say about me, so I will totally let that slide. <laughs> it's a weird no, it's a weird name anyway. So like the fact that you got close, I applaud you. So yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm with you having a little bit of a different name. That my name is constantly if someone who who doesn't know me or hasn't heard my name and sees it for the first time, they always uh, mispronounce it. Um, they always spell it incorrectly. Um, I have lived with that since as far as I can remember. So thanks, Emily, so much for that wonderful feedback. Yeah. Thanks for those fun little facts about the episode. And um, I look forward to hearing from you again. Please write yeah, in please again do. or send us another voicemail. That was awesome. Well, and we could never have a complete episode of Strange Indeed if we didn't hear from our good friend Steve. So we also That's have a voice. Yeah, exactly. We are Steve. So we have a voice message from him as well. Hey, Raymond and Paik. This is for uh, Umbrella Academy Season 2, Episode 5, Valhalla. I am Valhalla. No, that's not what they meant. But anyway, um, I'm having fun. This this season is so good. And it's it's tough for me because because the fact that I'm podcasting about it as well, I need to find something uh, to, to, to give 
two other podcasts that I may not necessarily talk about on on uh, uh, panels to pixels. So yeah, shameless plug right there. Uh, hope it's okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, I absolutely love that we see there's a there's a, an inkling here, and I don't know if they may develop it more or they just may leave it to us to understand. But there's definitely an inkling here of seeing the. Um, maternal feeling that Grace had toward Pogo and the fact that it's when Reginald uh, saves Pogo's life that she grabs his hand and we can definitely see I think where that relationship started that she definitely was more invested in that uh, maternal kind of feeling toward Pogo than Reginald was and so it makes sense whether there was a romantic thing between her and Reginald which I don't know uh, we, we haven't seen that yet but there was definitely a maternal thing between her and Pogo and it it was so nice to see that and so touching uh, to have that relationship. And, and it's also heartbreaking at the same time, knowing how that relationship ended in the last season. So um, that's my big point. Uh, my one big point that I, I will uh, pass on to you guys. Uh, not sloppy seconds there, Rima. <laughs> this is first thoughts. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, it's really Steve. good, but it does. It makes me really think about the Grace character even deeper. Yeah. Where now I'm really not sure what's what's really like. Is the robot version a new version that Hargreaves made in, you know, commemoration of of this version of Grace, or since we know that Gr- this Grace is also working with him, is this also like a robot person that he made in just had finally got tired of the Southern accent and changed it later on. <laughs> but I, I don't think yeah. so. Cause I guess we see him make her for Vanya in season one. So. Right. And there's a lot of questions. And what happened to the real grace? Yeah. I was like, are we going to have to watch her die sometime this season? Cause that'll be sad. Yeah. I know that would kind of suck getting, getting to kind of know that, or just knowing in, in general that she was a real person, that it wasn't just, yeah some random creation that he just created her from nothing that she was actually the image of a real person that existed and and lived and had a part in his life had a part in pogo's life and i don't know if we'll see more than that or not but um maybe the real grace just realizes that hargreaves is that, that reginald is an asshole and she just asshole. leaves him <laughs> maybe she wants to have kids one day and clearly yeah. his attitude towards kids is not very friendly so she's like okay never mind um <laughs> But yeah, could totally see that. Um, really great thoughts, Steve. I, I so love and appreciate that you do send us in your thoughts because you are also podcasting on this show, and it's totally fine. I've I I plug your podcast with Mark as well, Panels to Pixels. I encourage everyone to listen to you guys, and also our good friend Derek, who is podcasting on it. You can catch his podcast um, on TV Podcast Industries. Um, I think they've already wrapped it. Derek really, really turns out. They just ran through this. <laughs> they, they, he can churn out some episodes um, a lot quicker than what I'm able to. So I applaud Derek and, and his group that um, covers that. So I think they've they've actually finished their coverage of it. Um, and then Steve and Mark, I believe, are still doing it week to week as well. So I applaud that he's able to find us something to you know chat about or you know um, 
give us some information on while he's also having to kind of save some of his own thoughts to talk about. So in the sloppy seconds, um, it was funny just because that's an inside joke with me and Steve. Um, <laughs> so yeah, in in the group that, that we're all in, there was a comment about that, which I won't go into because it's a long story. Um, but just so people know that I understand what that meant. Um, but yeah, definitely um, check out our good friends and their coverage. I think that if you really do love a show, you should listen to all kinds of podcasts on it yeah. and get lots of different thoughts and perspectives on it because we all have, you know, our own perspectives and different insights. So check out Steve and Mark and our good friend Derek um, on their podcast. If you want links to that, let me know. I'm happy to provide them. But definitely if you search for them, wherever you're listening to this podcast, um, you should find them as well. But if you need help with that, happy to help. Um, thank you again, everyone, for all of your feedback, for taking the time to write in and email and leave uh, feedback on our Facebook page and the awesome voice messages that we're getting. Please keep sending them in. I love hearing from you guys. Um, it warms my heart every time I see them come in. So thanks, guys. Yeah. Well, next week on Strange Indeed, uh, we will be covering season two, episode six from the Umbrella Academy titled A Light Supper. Hmm. Finally, a title that lets me know exactly what's going on. Yeah, I I, yeah no description. Like I said, I'm not getting spoiled by descriptions anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And you might have already watched it by the time that we published this. If you've already seen five, you probably moved on to the sixth episode. We are really excited for you to follow us through time. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter at StrangeTCast can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash StrangerTCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at strange underscore indeed underscore pod. Yeah, I've seen a couple more follows come in and that All always right. brightens my day when I get those notifications. So if you haven't already liked us on that Instagram page, please go out and do so. Um, it makes me happy. Um, and you can email us at strangerthingscastpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app can find strange indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts at podcastica.com and go out and leave a review for strange indeed on apple podcasts yes please do say and nice things <laughs> while we're while we're plugging podcasts uh yeah you, you have some <laughs> i might news. as well i've got yes. some cool news if for those of you who actually like listening to my voice every week on here no, um <laughs> I i've got do. some really yeah exciting information uh, exciting news i finally launched a podcast this week and Yay. me and the wonderful Daphne Backman we heard her on a voicemail earlier mm-hmm. uh, me and her together have launched our podcast which is called run for your lives and yeah so we're officially launched so by the time this comes out I think either still only the first episode will be up but we might have the second episode up by the time you listen to this too so and exciting yeah, what what this is is we're doing it's a a podcast where we cover monster movies, creature features, and disaster flicks of all kinds. Um, our first episode that is up now is over Tremors, where we kind of geek out about that and talk about that. So I'm really excited for that to be a thing. Um, we have all kinds of social media, and we're available Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, everywhere. Best thing I can tell you to do is go to runforyourlivespodcast.com. And that will take you to our website that has links for all of the social media and links for all of the different ways you can listen. And yeah, so if you'd like to check that out, give us a like on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, listen to the podcast. That'd be awesome. 
and it is a great podcast because I did get a sneak peek into that first episode and it was just absolutely delightful and definitely up my alley. Um, if, if you've listened to me enough on here, you know how much I love disaster flicks and monster movies. You know, uh, I, it's totally my thing. So I was absolutely delighted to know that you and Daphne were going to be covering some of these things. Um, I'm really looking forward to what you have um, next. And I did share when you launched this week, um, if you guys want to see the link for that, I did um, put that on our Facebook page, um, but I will also provide a link in our show notes. So you guys awesome. thank you. check that out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I don't know when we don't have any kind of date set or anything because we're kind of just doing other stuff and doing our thing at the time, but I will go ahead and promise you and then listeners, we will have Rima on the <gasps> podcast at some point. We're going to have to do it. So yeah, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. Thank you. I'm honored. Nothing I love more than um, like you geeking out on a monster movie or disaster movie. So I would be absolutely honored to talk about whatever you guys want to talk about. I'm up for anything. So awesome. Well, all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Paik. And Clint Hargreaves is (laughs) not. Couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. <laughs> so funny. I'm leaving that in. <laughs> Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at mvmt.com.